We're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlon joined by Casey. And Casey, how are we doing this evening? <laughs> doing all right, Marlo. Uh, hanging in there. Had a little bit of a shot of nostalgia tonight, so uh, feeling feeling pretty good about that. How are you doing? Um, I'm sad because I didn't get the nostalgia and <laughs> I was hoping for it. Um, I don't know what's going on. I just... <laughs> I just couldn't get ESPN to work for my life of me. Um, and after a 30 minute battle, I bowed out. Uh, mm. so, well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, but I'm going to, I'm going to find my way through this one, Casey. I'm going <laughs> to fight through it. I'm gonna, and, uh, we're going to make this a good one as long as you well, don't pass out on me. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. You know, it's <laughs> always a risk, always a risk in our <laughs> podcast. Uh, but, uh, well, I'll attempt to give you some of the nostalgia or uh, maybe share is a, is a better way to put it, uh, in the nostalgia as I kind of reminisce of the nostalgia that I just had as we watch. And what we're referring to for those of you, uh, those listeners who don't know or didn't watch, uh, long gone summer, uh, a, uh, I guess, I think it was a 30 for 30, but it was an ESPN yes. documentary. We're back um, to documentaries. Yes. Reviewing back, of documentaries. Back to documentary talk. Uh, this was one when we said the last dance was done. Um, and we said, now what are we going to do? We circled this one. At least I circled this one and said, this is one I want to watch. We skipped the Lance one. We skipped another one, I think, in between. Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee skipped that one. This was the one I wanted to watch. Uh, Long Gone Summer is the summer of 1998. The home run chase, as both Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa uh, saw it and both did break Roger Maris's home run record. Um, Mark McGuire finishing at 70 home runs, Sammy Sosa at 66. Uh, so I guess if you look back and think of this, Marlo, how do you remember the summer of, of 1998, because there's a lot of, I guess, let me preface. I, I'm going to, I should have prefaced and then asked you the question, but I'm going okay. to try to do that. Let me try to do that over. All right. So summer of 98, obviously looking back, we have this like, great memory of this home run race. And obviously neither of us are rooting for either of these teams in right. any scenario. Yep. But I remember this very fondly, um, even though I was probably rooting against these two teams every time. How do you remember the nostalgia of this versus kind of the the Cubs Cardinals rivalry aspect of it? Um, I remember this is baseball's comeback. Mm -hmm. I remember it being down. I was still a big baseball fan, uh, you know, at the height of it, and then the uh, the strike happened, um, and then we were on the comeback, and this this race got started. Um, yeah, I remember early on, not like rooting clearly against Sammy because he was on the, in the Cubs. Yeah. Um, and then rooting for McGuire. Like, just, I mean, not rooting for him, but, like, not rooting against him, I guess. And, and um, yeah, and I remember when, the, yeah, the kind of the all-star break when I, I'm sure you have the stats of where they were and how this record, you know, they were going back and forth. I think Sammy had a had a hell of a June that kind of yep. put him up, uh, up there. So... Uh, yeah, I remember when that happened and being like, "Oh crap!" Like he's actually gonna do it, and and then uh, you know he was all over Sports Center with his his pound the chest up in the his little handshake thing, um, and everyone was doing that. And I remember being annoyed by that. But then, <laughs> um, towards the end, I just I was just rooting for the excitement, the yeah. back and forth, and the excitement. Yeah, well, you touched on I think another big aspect of the nostalgia that 
while I was watching this documentary, just kind of peaked up for me was the Sports Center nostalgia because this yeah. is peak. Like you tune into Sports Center every night to see what happened. You don't know what happened outside of this. There's, the internet isn't what it becomes to be or what it is now. You couldn't follow yeah. along. You would tune in and go, "Oh, the Cubs played a day game. I'm going to watch Sports Center tonight." from 6 to 7 to find out. I guess you probably only had to watch from 6 to 6, 6 15 to find out how yep. the Cubs or Cardinals did that day. But, like, this was peak, you know, Stuart Scott up there. <laughs> you know, I had a... Oh, shoot, I wrote, I wrote down a joke he had. Whatever, doesn't matter. Um, it was peak that kind of... You tune in, Sports Center at, at its height, and just kind of... They interlaced the clips of... Um, Sports Center in with this really well, um, and I guess yeah. it's an ESPN production, so obviously they're going to do that. But it definitely, mm-hmm. like, in my memory, was like I remember watching Sports Center to see how these guys did, and I don't. It's obviously not how it is anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was wild about the Sports Center back then. I remember watching, you know, at night and then in the morning because it was different casters, right? Yeah, and they had a different takes. And I remember, like, if I miss something, I have to stay up for the next hour because it was a repeat <laughs> yeah. to, like, get it. You know, you could just rewind or, like, find the clip. I, <laughs> but I remember doing that as a kid during that time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was a Stuart Scott call. I didn't write down the joke, but it, it was mm-hmm. him doing it. So the, the interesting thing of this that I don't really remember, uh, going into the season, people expected the record to fall. I mean, this was, you know, in this... I guess the heart of the steroids era. Now, that as we come to think of it now, back then, I think you were talking about just juice baseball. And I think there was a quote where somebody was describing Sammy Sosa and he was just like, he just started getting a routine of eating better and working out. And you're like, yeah, okay. That sounds weird. Did they use the Flintstone vitamins quote? They did not use the Flintstones vitamin quote. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> they did. And I guess two. I don't know why, like, I should know by now as I get into these uh, ESPN documentaries. Like, I always think they're going to pull punches, and I guess you could say The Last Dance kind of did, but, like, mm-hmm. they at least tangentially address some of the things. Like, right, Last Dance yeah, kind of addressed gambling, maybe not to the extent you would want it to, but it kind, they all kind of address the underlying, like, or the, the seedy side or the back side, the negative side of things. And they somewhat talk about steroids. I'll get into that more in a little bit, but coming into the season... People were talking about this record maybe falling. 97, I wrote down McGuire hit 58 home runs. Maybe 57, I didn't look it up, you know, being the uh, Capital J journalist that I am. Uh, I didn't look that back up. But he was like on pay. He It was conceivable that he could do it. And everybody was going into the season talking about, would McGuire do it? Would Griffey do it? Um, yeah. And let me tell you, nostalgia, Ken Griffey Jr. swing, I could watch so it all day, so all day. Uh, King Griffey Jr. swinging baseball. He did not win. He did not. He did not win the the home run race here. Um, I don't know. Did he hurt that season? Probably. Probably. This is about. So he's still in the Mariners at this time. But yeah. this was like in my in my memory peak. King Griffey Jr. I was probably playing Kepper Griffey's Jr. King Griffey Jr.'s winning run. Excuse me. Um, on uh, Super Nintendo, quite a bit around this time. Yep. Um, but I was just surprised by how people expected it or like were anticipating this kind of home run race going into the season. And McGuire came out gangbusters and uh, got out to a huge home run lead. I think they showed it was he was at 27. Griffey was at 15. I think Soso was at 15. And then you mm-hmm. mentioned it. Sammy had um, a June to remember. He hit 20 home runs in June, kind of catapulted himself to the lead. 
And then they got McGuire ended up breaking the record. He had 62. I think Sammy was at 58 at the time, but then Sammy caught him. And they were both mm. at 65. Sammy hit 66. That's where he ended. Uh, but I I don't remember Sammy ever being in the lead, but he was for, I guess, what turned out to be like a day or half of a day. And that was yeah again, something I didn't remember, but yeah. it's pretty weird to kind of think back on and be like, it was really close to it not being Mark McGuire's record for a couple of years. Yeah, I remember the back and forth. Because I remember that was the part that got exciting and I just started rooting for mm-hmm. it. Yes, um, and I believe before that, I guess before the season before, it was like home runs, like the like leading the league in home runs for the season was like in the forties, low forties. Um, I believe this is all off memory. That's probably going <laughs> yeah. on it, but yeah, like we'll, we'll I, I right. yeah, but I do, I do remember like whenever that like now we know if steroids start, I remember that being like be like forties and then. It was the the year before the strike because the shortened season, right? They got to the All Star break and people were hitting forties at the All Star break. Yeah, and yeah, that's what kind of catapulted. I guess I didn't realize the rhetoric be- uh, beforehand that it it was just gonna. It was just everyone knew it was just gonna happen. Well, it was. I don't know. They knew, but they were they were anticipating. Yeah. They were talking yeah. about it being it being possible, which was yeah. which is pretty crazy. Um, so obviously this documentary follows both uh, Sammy Sosa. They have both Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Uh, interviewed throughout, um, which was which was great, and I think they were relatively candid throughout. Um, and as you watch this, I think you just like I thought. There's no way this happens without both of them this doing this at the same time. Like Mark McGuire is such, he doesn't enjoy the spotlight. They go into this very well. Like he's an kind of an awkward dude he's a southern california guy but he doesn't like the he doesn't like the spot like he's not a great interview by himself but sammy sosa is completely opposite he loves the spotlight he's all fun and games he's just there to have a good time and the fact that they got to do these they uh interviews together you know they're chasing this together and they can kind of at least mark can feed off of sammy sammy didn't need anybody to feed off of. he was doing fine <laughs> but like that sammy was there to kind of take some a a little bit of the pressure off and kind of lighten the mood a little bit, I think allowed Mark to achieve this and make the run and just kind of seeing their interaction and seeing Sammy Sosa throughout. I have a little bit more respect for Sammy and I guess his, his personality, his character as he came through. And I think that allowed Mark to be who he ended up becoming in this season. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what'd you think of Sammy? <laughs> What do you think of Sammy's look? Um, so <laughs> I've it's it's what, it, like his current look or his, yeah his current his, look. <laughs> so like I, the whole thing, I, I but I you know it's it's Sammy. We've all seen like the recent photos, and I just couldn't I like him going back and forth from the clips from the nineties to like Sammy now. Like yeah. how many times were you like what the <laughs> like just what the hell is going on? Yeah, he's <sighs> he seems. <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to think of a the right way to put it. He seems a bit. He seems weirder. I don't. I don't know how to say. It. Like, like he, he just comes off a little bit weirder. But like, even so, like through how he doesn't seem like himself. And he, like, he doesn't seem like the '90s Sammy Sosa anymore. Okay. But in an interview, it still comes through a little bit of that jovialness. And I think he's just a little bit. 
he's a little bit tainted by all this. He has a little bit of like he talks about how he's like happy, and he it doesn't matter to him. And you know they had he had this summer, and, it, it, and none of that matters. But it kind of does. You can tell it kind of drags on him a little bit. But his still his joy shines through. His you know his, his excitement of a character shines through, but it's like kind of masked by. Uh, like uh, almost disappointment. It's kind of it's a weird dichotomy that that he has, um, and like when he's asked about steroids, he has like the weirdest answer. And I keep hinting at steroids. I wanted to talk about it more succinctly, but um, he's just kind of like, "Why are you asking me? Like everybody did it, and you're asking me." It was like such a non-denial. Like he was like, he didn't say he used it, but he's like, "I hit home run." Like I, it was such a weird like non-denial denial like why you got to single me out kind of thing and it was it was really strange but again but it he was like awkwardly kind of jovial about it he's just he's a character he's i i, I understand i i'm surprised that the cubs and him haven't made up at yeah. least it, it's shocking that they haven't um and i guess it's new ownership now on ripe and I guess you're making a statement if you bring him back, but the Cardinals and Mark McGuire have made up. It's weird that Sammy and the Cubs haven't. Um, so I, I talked about stars enough. Let's dive into it, Marlo. Um, I didn't realize that the Andro, uh, I'm going to call it the Andro controversy because I can't say the, the full name of the drug, was this year. I thought for in my memory it was like a year or two later, but it was this year where they're like, hey, what's that Andro in your locker and he's like got oh, some yeah, yeah some supplement um and i just completely didn't realize it was it was that year and kind of the mark mcguire's kind of defense i guess if you want to call it that throughout was um just he's taking supplements for recovery he's taking supplements yeah t- to recover injuries to recover um to make sure he doesn't get injured he's not doing it to enhance i mean quote unquote enhance right he's not doing it so he can hit the ball harder or longer which i guess it could but it's just kind of get, and then it immediately dovetails into the whole like recovery versus performance argument of steroids because i don't think anybody blames like nobody blames andy pettit because andy pettit was like hey look i tore i don't remember what it was like i tore my shoulder i took this because i wanted to get back to play baseball and everybody's kind of like yeah okay that makes sense yeah, like you should be able to help your body recover, and that makes sense. But when it all of a sudden means you're hitting seventy home runs in a season, how much of that is recovery? How much is that performance? And it just and then you get just in this quagmire of like uh, of argument. And I think Mark McGuire has at least convinced himself, and I think made a relatively good overall argument that like, look, he's just trying to maintain his his uh recovery he's trying to maintain his ability to be as good as he can be not exceed what he can if that makes sense and i think that's where i always get kind of at least in my own kind of ethics in my own kind of like thought process of steroids um that recovery versus performance enhancing and where do you draw the line and um obviously he's drawing the line way on the side of recovery um but that was kind of drawn out in the Andrew conversation. Do you have any thoughts yeah, on I, the, the, the no, steroid? Yeah, I don't performance the steroid use. I I'm trying to I'm trying to put my brain back into that time. Um and think what I think. I think I just know over time I, 
I don't know if this has been consistent, but I know over time I've been like, meh, whatever. Like they, you know, take, they take steroids. That's, you know, their prerogative. And if they, if it helps them play better, helps them play better. Everyone else just needs to figure it out. Cause I, I, especially in baseball, I've always felt, even if you're taking quote unquote for, I should say more so in, in, uh, for batting, but if you are taking it, you still got to hit the ball. You still got to hit a yeah. 90, 100 mile per hour ball with the round bat. Um, and, you know, and still, there's still a large skill set. And maybe does it help on contact? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but at the same time, it, I just, I've thought of how much does it really play into the breaking of records, right? Yeah. Um, so the, the recovery versus enhancement. I can see how that becomes like a slippery slope, uh, not only in blurring the lines, but as a player, you're like, oh, I need this to recover. Oh, look, mm-hmm. I'm recovering well. I should probably just keep taking this yeah. type of thing. And then it's like you don't, you think you're taking for recovery, but it's actually enhancing. So, um, yeah, I guess. And then so is there a way to, to counter that? And the only way to counter that is just to get rid of it all. So. Yeah. Yeah, and they they go in and kind of I guess detail like at the time none of this was against the rules of baseball. Baseball was very yep. much just like turning a blind eye to it. They had a really I mean Bud Selig. Uh, if Bud Selig wasn't kind of didn't save Milwaukee baseball, I think I would have a much different view of Bud Selig than I do. <laughs> but it's yeah. very hard for me to be objective um, on on Bud Selig. Uh, I just. They did some more steroids. Rest. Oh, they they totally poisoned the well as far as the steroid allegation goes. Because when they talked about uh, Mark McGuire uh, doing the andro, they immediately go, "Lots of players are using creatine." And then Craig Biggio talks up creatine and how it helps them re- recover and how great creatine is. And you're like, Craig Biggio, <laughs> what? And then Brady Anderson's the next interview they put in there, and I'm like, oh my god, surprising nobody. Brady Anderson uh, might have used. <laughs> performance enhancing trucks it's like those are the two interviews that they that they decided to show in there that was great um but it was they i I hinted at this with uh sammy sosa steroid defense he go they they talked about the was it the it wasn't the mitchell report what was the was the mitchell report where it leaked there was a hundred names or whatever 104 sammy says 106 um report that sounds right yeah yeah so they they had anonymous testing and I, Sammy was caught up in that. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, I think, was caught up in that or, or, or subsequent. And Sammy Sosa just kind of goes like, everybody, essentially everybody was doing this. Um, so why are you singling me out? Which I found, maybe at this point, I was just kind of rooting for Sammy Sosa. And, but I found relatively persuasive. And I think it just speaks to the era and just speaks to that that time in baseball. So if you can... You know, the whole problem with baseball is everybody wants to compare eras and they're like, well, now this is ruined. This era is ruined because of steroids and we can't compare it to other eras. Therefore, everything is void, which is a frustrating conversation. There's still players who are in this era who are better than other players. Like Mark McGuire still had the career that he had. Semi Sosa, they, they had this summer at least that saved baseball. Um, these players still achieved these things and to just wipe it away in this hall of fame talk, how you're not including these people in, in general is, is just really frustrating. And that was kind of the, I guess the end cap, but I want to go back and actually talk about the, the highlight. If you had anything more to add in the steroids, Marlo, before I go oh, back no. and all right. go. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. 
All right, broke the record. Um, I did it on a national game. Um, and I remember it. I was watching this and I was like, I think I remember where I was. I think I remember watching this happen. And I did. I remembered it and I remembered where I was and my memory was validated and that felt really good. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that was a personal, personal moment. And they talk about the record being broken and the broadcasters describing it. Um, the Cubs broadcaster was, I think, Harry Carey's grandson. Uh, was on the call for the Cubs, and Jack Buck was on the call f- as he was for what sixty years or something for um, the Cardinals. And they look over, and he's just crying. And like they have a video of Jack Buck, just like he's like uncontrollably, not uncontrollably crying, but he's just like crying as he's in clapping at Mark McGuire breaking this record that everybody thought was unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Um, was such a cool scene. Um, so the home run goes. I remembered it. It goes barely over the wall. It's probably yep. Mark McGuire's shortest home run. Yeah. Um, a grounds crew member gets the ball. And the whole the whole um, show, they keep interviewing this guy. And I'm like, why are they interviewing a grounds crew member? And it turns out he's the one who got the ball. And uh, Somebody who had already offered to pay $250,000 for it. The home run number 70 ball went to auction. It sold for over $2 million. Uh, and he just gave the ball back to Mark McGuire. He just he just put it in his pocket, nice. did his ground screw duty, and went up and he just gave it back to him. Thought it was the right thing to do, Marlo. Hero or idiot? <laughs> idiot. Absolute idiot. Totally. Totally idiot. It's total idiot. Come on, man. Like you said, like you we already knew that these balls were gonna go for whatever. And you know, like I don't I can't imagine my putting myself in that situation, getting the ball and being like my not even my first thought would be should I get it back. Not even when they come get after me. Like I guess when they start putting the pressure on me, like some you know, someone comes from the organization and asks for it, yeah. maybe I might think about it. Yeah. But I ain't giving that ball back. <laughs> yeah. No. He he just gives he goes out he goes out after uh they're doing it like an award ceremony or something, almost like, you know, when when somebody wins a title, they have a stage out there. Then he comes back up and he says in the microphone, What a showman, he says, Mr. McGuire, I think i have something that belongs to you and gives them the ball back wow wow what i just, yeah what do you say uh wow okay. thousand dollars that's life-changing i yeah, mean man and if you went to auction even more um gotta go on letterman though had a nice yeah. little one-liner on letterman so he got that i guess um you know what they say letterman's forever that's no one's what they that. say. All right. No one's um, <laughs> then, uh, speaking of steroids, uh, Barry Bonds came around three years later and ruined it all and hit 73. <laughs> there was a, a really sweet, uh, in the mo- I guess it, it was a preemptive uh, throwing shade at Barry Bonds because Joe Morgan's interviewed and he just goes, like, this is so fun. These are two just great guys and nobody roots against these guys and we're just happy they're you know going for the home run record. And I was just like, in the back of my head being like, nobody likes Barry Bonds. Nobody wants him to break the record. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He did. He did. I think it ended at 73, but um, oh, freaking Barry Bonds. And there was two. There was 
I don't know. Barry Bonds was just in the back of my head through this whole thing. And there was two times where he was brought up or shown throughout it. And it's like home runs being hit over his head or something like that. And you just see him like shaking his head. And it's like, he's like, I see you guys. I'm going to, I'll, I'll do you one better. Um, I see how this works. I I see how this works. I need a bigger, (laughs) I need bigger hats. Um, All right, last, um, I, I guess my last thing, Marla, I'm going to bring back a, a mini segment here, uh, cameos, a couple oh. of gr- fantastic cameos. Um, I already mentioned the Biggio and Brady Anderson ones were great. Um, they showed uh, your boy Carl Malone behind home plate during a batting practice. That was interesting. Wow. Yeah, 98. Interesting. Was you he wearing shorts? So, didn't, didn't get a shot of his legs, not sure. No. Could have been. Absolutely could have been. But the highlight of the cameos was... I can say my boy Nelly, because oh yeah, that got me through high school. Let me tell you, yeah. um, he was there, and he obviously from St. Louis, and he's talking about the St. Louis Chicago rivalry, mm-hmm. and like how important it is, and you know, blah 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 blah. While he's wearing Chicago Bulls jersey, <laughs> was he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, Nelly. What? <laughs> it made no <laughs> sense. I don't even remember what he said. Now I know he's talking about the rivalry, and I just was like. Heard of Bulls jersey? What the hell is going on? Um, that was hilarious. That was my that was my cameo, Marlo Nelly. Um, looking jacked, looking jacked for sure. But um, yeah, just confusing the audience with his <laughs> mixed messaging. Let me tell you that. That's all I got. That's uh, that's what I got. In long summer, Marlo. Did I make you feel nostalg- nostalgic at all for it? Yeah, I felt a little bit. I can't wait uh, until the morning and see if I get this ESPN app to work so I can actually watch it. Uh, you but you've gotten me hyped up. You've gotten me yeah. excited oh. for it. So, yeah, I am feeling it. That's good. There's lots of uh, shots of Chicago that I think you, we, oh, will yeah. make you feel very yeah, nostalgic for that. I'm in. I'm all in. Lot, lots, of, lots of just like street views with the the train going by, you know? Lots of those. <laughs> the lots old L shot. The L shot, yeah. Yeah. Lots of those. I'll enjoy that. All right. Um, that's all I got for Long Gone Summer, Marlo. Anything else you want to cover on that? The the, sh- the documentary you didn't see yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'm just really excited for them. Did they did they have any highlights of any any 30 for 30s on the way that we should be excited about? I guess they're probably gearing up for NBA, so they're probably not going to put any out. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's any any more coming. Um, you know, they do these now, and they they just have their preferred sponsors, just like, you know, like the last dance. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's not very commercial heavy, which is kind of nice. But you know, yeah. you get advertisers get those premium, premium spots. Um, a little bit of uh, Bash Brother mention, and just totally glossing over Jose Canseco in this whole thing. That was kind of uh, funny. Yeah, just like he was there, but didn't really <laughs> contribute at all to any of this whatsoever. But he was there. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, all right, that's all I got uh, on that. Uh, let's move to live sports, Marlo. I watched yeah. some live sports and tried to watch others' live sports. Um, start with golf. Golf happened today. Mm-hmm. We uh, have been Just confused today. in why golf went away. Well, I guess it was four days, right? A four-day tournament. Yeah. But only watched today. Um, some names were uh, hovering around that, that you know. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, both of them faded. Uh, and... Um, ended up going to a playoff, which was which was pretty interesting. Um, I think we need an investigation of the 18th green and dun, dun. at least the hole because 
my God, there were so many putts that should have gone in on that hole that would have, I don't know if it would have changed the outcome, but might have changed the outcome. And I feel like there was four putts in the last two or three groups that might have changed the outcome. Uh, I, I ask the PGA to launch a formal investigation. Um, yeah, they're not taking crazy. any more calls from home, though, now. So, Oh, that's luck. right. They changed yeah. that. They changed, they changed that. that rule, so they can't call up and ask. Mm, that's right. That's right. Well, I'll, to, I'll have to send an email, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Berger ended up winning in, in a playoff. Um, Bryson DeChambeau uh, had a shot to, I guess, what would have ended up tying it. On He was one of the ones that missed. Uh, Xander... Shuffle? I don't even know how to say it. Uh, he missed one. Oh, no, he missed one on the 17th. A lot missed. Colin uh, Merkawa missed one on uh, the playoff hole. It was just a lot of, a lot of questions in the 18th game, Marlo. Uh, and it was a real letdown of a playoff. This kind of seemed like a golf tournament that nobody ended up winning in the end. Like the other person just ended up losing, which is never never what you really want to see. Um, but that's, that's how it ended. But there was live golf, and it went well, I think. It, I mean, from... Aside from like me complaining about people not being able to put in the 18th green, like yeah. as far as a spectacle, as far as like a, a, an event, it seemed like it was successful and went well um, from a from a, a production and um, event planning standpoint. Yeah, I, think I tuned in on Saturday and was confused if this was a replay or the golf that's <laughs> actually going on. Yeah. And then I did what I usually do on Saturday, watching golf. I fell asleep and then forgot about it. Nice. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I, um, we talked about it before. I thought golf is the perfect sport that could actually get, get back going. Yeah. Um, you know, with all, with, with social distancing and, and whatnot in, in play and still be entertaining on TV. To the point that it was before, right? Um, so yeah, bravo, bravo I, golf. I did attempt to get my uh, son to watch mm-hmm. golf, and it was surprisingly more successful than getting him to watch other sports. Like really, he was entertained like more than Ultimate Tag. Yeah, a lot more than Ultimate Tag. <laughs> Cannot get him to watch Ultimate Tag. Um, he was like surprised or like entertained by them like hitting the ball and how high the ball went and then they have the the tracer you know uh so he could he could kind of yep. follow it yep. and i tried to like explain or like talk up like long putts or hard putts or you know things like that and he seemed genuinely like mildly interested which is more than i normally more than i normally get when i get him to try and get him to watch soccer he roots for the referees and then mm. or goalkeepers and it's like that's not how this works but fine it's fine <laughs> so that was fun uh a step in uh direction of watching sports with him so that was good um and then i did try to get my daughter down for a nap using the golf technique of just putting golf on and being like <laughs> yes listen to him listen to him they're whispering as they call the play this is very soothing and it didn't work it didn't work but um it was an attempt, so that was me trying to parent while watching golf. <laughs> <laughs> golf ended. I tried to watch NASCAR again, Marlo. I flicked over and yeah. well, flicked. I mean, I went into the app and clicked the other channel. It's not really flipping anymore these days. Um, and they were in a weather delay, and I was like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my attempt uh, again to watch to watch NASCAR. All right. 
Uh, this is supposed to happen, Marlo. Uh, yeah. Did you attempt to watch NASCAR at all? Any chance? Any chance? Actually, I did when I couldn't get the when I couldn't get the ESPN to work, and then I just put on TV, and it was supposed to be Bob's Burgers, but it was NASCAR because um, it was the delay. Yeah, because you had yeah you had the delay, and I was confused, and then I started watching it, and I made it five laps. Five. The laps. last five, or were there, there were nope, more to go? There were more. I didn't oh, even know how many more. Just I just didn't make it. Let's see who won. I'm looking it up now, Marlo. <laughs> Uh, the head, the top line is that Kamara visits NASCAR. That's not what I'm. Who won the race? Hamlin wins. Denny Good Hamlin. Good job, Hamlin. Denny Hamlin wins. Gotta hope that was today. All right. Probably. <laughs> I had to scroll down a little bit. Good job, Denny Hamlin. <laughs> um. All right. Two sports that now seem more in jeopardy. Than they did, I would say, even two days ago. NBA talk, Marlo. Yeah. Last week, they were back. Last week, there was a plan. They were all back. Here we go. We got a schedule. The players' union had a call, and Kyrie jumped on. And so, I guess to put a little bit of context on it, Kyrie, who is not going to be playing this season no matter what because he has an injured... Shoulder? I don't know what's hurt. I don't know what's hurt. He's hurt. <laughs> he has an injury. He has He's an not. Injury. He will not come. I think it's a shoulder. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know why I think he just has an injured shoulder. I have no idea. Whatever. He's not playing. And um, when on the, the call, he's a, uh, I guess, a vice president of the Players Association. There's six of them. And Chris Paul's president. Um and basically, it gave a what sounds like an impassioned speech for the players to not play this year. Um, and I don't really understand. I guess I haven't heard his argument, so I shouldn't discredit it. But it seems like the weirdest person for a hey, don't play arguing to be coming from. Right. Like it could be the right message, maybe not the right messenger. Um type of situation. And I think that's I think that's what played out in kind of the headlines when this came out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was, you know, uh yeah, Curry. Yeah, I mean, Curry. Kyrie. Um business out of stall uh, you know, stall a season or, or not even have it played to be honest. So um yeah, I, I could see that. And I also get the I also didn't read too far into it, um, so this is very service level stuff. But I could see that's, that's all the yeah. deeper we go, Marlo. What's that? We're a surface level podcast. We're a surface, surface level podcast. <laughs> We're a surface level podcast. It's true. So yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, it just one of those things that seemed like uh, this. You know, we had a plan last week. We were talking about how this was going to look, and then it just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, once the players had a voice in it. Yeah, I. I feel like players sh- should be able to say, no, I don't want to play. I don't think on an individual level they will. I, I think they should be able to choose, but on a uh, individual level, I don't think they will choose to not play. Does that, does that make sense? Like The yeah. risk yeah. of all of this to them is 
I think, relatively low. And at the end of the day, they want to do their job, right? As many people, myself included, want to be able to do their job. Uh, and it seems like they can in a relatively safe environment. Um, I have confirmed Marlowe. He has a shoulder injury. I looked uh, it up. He has a shoulder. Okay. Yeah. Congrats. He had a, he had surgery on in March for a uh, relieved right shoulder impingement. Sounds painful. Um, but it was just a weird, it was a weird story because I thought it was all full steam ahead. And then Kyrie, of all people, threw a wrench into it. Do you think there are any legs to a, a pl- player sitting out? Or do you think this is just a a kind of, I guess, a, a story and then it'll go away and everybody's just going to be there? In the end? I think, yeah, I think it's, too, I mean, I think at the end of the day, they're going to play. Um, just because of the money. <laughs> yeah. If you want to be honest, uh, I could see, you know, I mean, there's some players that might sit out, but I, I, as a mass, like as a, you know, as a, as a unit, uh, the players association, I, they're going, I think they're going to play. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame players for sitting out, but I think if you're on, like if you're on the the Nets, are the Nets even in the playoffs? Um, or if you're uh, if you're on the Wizards, let's say, because I know they're in there, they're not going to win the title. Yeah. Right. So if you're on the Wizards and you don't want to play, that's fine. But I think like I would expect all the Bucks to come back. I would expect the Lakers to come back. Out. You know, teams who are like legitimately are competing, not just like I hope to make the playoffs type things, but like teams who are legitimately competing for a title, I would be surprised if any of them set out. But for anybody else who's not legitimately competing for a title, I guess that's weird to say, right? But like, if you're the Jazz, like, are you really competing for an NBA title? Maybe you think you are, and then you should come back. But like, there are teams out there who will be competing in this tournament who aren't likely to win. And then I could see people sitting out, and I would fault them for that. But like, any can any contender, I think, sh- should and will be will be there to play basketball. And I hear you have other basketball news, Marlo. Oh yeah! So if you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> Michael Jordan is the goat. Um, oh yeah! Now you know, Casey. I think we spent like four or five weeks talking about this. <laughs> well, just because, just to add to his resume, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, entered him and a team entered into a fishing contest in Carolinas. He came back with a 442 pound marlin, Casey. 442 pounds off his boat that is named Catch 23, which is awesome, by the way. Um, but it's wild. So I don't see the brawn catching 442 pounds uh, of fish. It's just another thing he puts on the mantles, another thing he puts on the towels. Just he's just the goat all around. Um, one that has to be a big mantle. <laughs> Two, what Salt Lake pizza establishment did he order this from? <laughs> that's that's what I that's what I want to know. How does okay? How okay. a lot a lot of questions. Yeah, besides those. So I had two. I had two. It's the sixth largest marlin ever caught. No, wait. No, no. It's it was the sixth. That was that was what I bet. It's the sixth largest caught in the tournament. Mm. There are that. 
Marlins were that big? Apparently, the Jeez. winning one was the lead one was four hundred ninety four pounds. So I I presume he's not like hanging real in this bad boy. I presume he has some sort of like. No, yeah, he grabbed it with his hand. He didn't he just real. he just punched it <laughs> in the nose and, and f- threw it over his shoulder. There we go. Yeah, yeah, um, and swam it back to shore. The owner of the Charlotte Hornets that are posed for pictures. Interesting. Well, good job, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would have to say I have not heard of any Marlins that LeBron James has caught. So there we go. There we go. Um, we're out of college football, Marlo. Um, sounds like yeah. things are moving back to campus. Yeah. So, yeah, college football, a lot of stories about teams inviting students, student athletes, excuse me, back to campus. Uh, mm-hmm. For voluntary "quote unquote" conditioning or you know workouts, whatever, um, which is awesome. Sounds like it's going straight forward, right? Like we're go- okay. These are steps. College football happened, and of course, as they come back, all the reports come out. Well, some some teams are reporting, some aren't, but there are ones that you know once they come back now, they'll find cases of corona. The you know they can do the team. I know Clemson, Alabama, Houston. I don't know if Wisconsin's even back, but all these teams who came back volunteers have reported you know cases of Corona. Put it and then um, and basically how they are are dealing with them um, as far as their testing when they come in, putting them in in quarantine, and, and how they go from there. So even with those, I don't want to call them outbreaks, but those positive tests. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still pushing forward in those and, and putting in their protocols to, you know, stop spreads and, and keep everything going, which, you know, we'll be, we'll see how it goes. But is this like, is, I guess it will be like, is that model going to work to be able to get sports back just on the playing field first and then fans in the stadium, right? Um, I don't know, but I think it's a good test. And re- I think college football is going to be the one to figure it out. By passing or failing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I definitely feel like college football is much more in the, like, let's get these kids back together and see how it goes, more so than yeah. other sports where maybe, I guess you would argue that they're the, the athletes are better protected mm. uh, from that. <clears throat> I think what will be interesting, and I think what one of the good things about college football is it has a longer l- runtime, right? Like, it's not yeah. like the NBA where it's like, hey, Come back, come into Orlando, and we're going to start playing in a month or three weeks or whatever it is. Like college football has from now until September, really, to kind of figure this out and feel this out. Um, I think what will be interesting to track is not necessarily the cases, and I think this is true in the whole coronavirus overall, but like not the cases, but like how serious is it with college football players? Because if they start getting like seriously ill, then I think it goes. Like, let's pump the brakes and all this. But if they just get positive, if they test positive, they're asymptomatic or it's like whatever relatively mild cases, I think you will end up seeing a runway to, and obviously they'll quarantine and, the, and they'll do the, the required steps to be able to, to, to manage it as best they can. But yeah. I think you'll see a runway to getting college sports back because of the um, 
athletes, right? Because they're they're younger. They're it sounds like they're less susceptible to to this virus. I think you'll see a runway coming back, and they have that longer runway uh, to get there. Um, but I, I, we'll see. I, I think if you start seeing like hospitalizations, you start seeing, I mean, more serious illnesses. I think then you'll dial back down. Um, yeah. as far as that goes and then we'll start being like oh I don't know about college football but I think just coming back and being like oh this person, person tested positive um, I think we're kind of I, I don't I don't want to speak too generally Marlo I, I apologize if I'm being um, too general about it but like it, we're seeing that somebody tested positive it's not necessarily um, an outbreak it's not necessarily like a, a life-threatening condition like we might have thought back in March so I think we're learning things and we're figuring it out. And I think for, for college football, they have a long run runway to figure it out and kind of not that they're guinea pigs. I don't mean to imply that, but like yeah. I think that they have an opportunity to kind of feel this out and see how it goes. Because at the end of the day, it sounds like these kids are going to be back on campus in fall Yeah, as students. So mm-hmm. if we're getting the footballers back a little bit earlier to see how this goes, again, not guinea pigs, but maybe it's a opportunity to see like, hey, what happens when we have some students back on campus. Uh, I think Madison announced, if it wasn't yep. today, it was this it was weekend, today. right? It was today, yeah. It was today that they're going to have fall classes, right? Yep. So yep. they'll be back. They're going to be back. So it's an, it's a, we're going to learn as we go. And I think that um, this is going to be kind of a leading indicator of how that's going to go. Yeah, it will see. It will call it a, not guinea pigs, but we'll call it a test. I mean, it definitely is a test. Um, something that we haven't had to go through before. So definitely be keeping our eye on it um, as this evolves. And like you say, yeah, there is some runway there. I'm curious, uh, you know, not to, throw, not to throw conspiracies out there, but I was curious to see if, like, what the protocols will be and if we get into season and we actually start playing, is there going to be, you know, are there going to be people, players that are kept out for, like, two weeks because of a positive test or something of that nature? Um, but there's more to come, so we'll that's that's a little getting a little ahead of myself. Yeah, I, I think that's something that I think all the leagues are going to have to kind of think about and consider. And yeah. um, uh, I just think you, at the end of the day, you have to tr- you have to tr- value the health of your of your team, of the players, of everybody involved more than everything else. And if that means your star quarterback can't play in the Michigan Ohio State game, that means he can't play in the Michigan Ohio State game. You know, like it 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 ha- this has to be has to take precedent over that. Yeah. And like I know that football teams and you know the Bill Belichick's the world like to play. Like I just I envision Bill Belichick writing down like who's their starting quarterback these days? I don't even know Stidham? yet. Stidham? He was, he's at, uh, crap, the joke doesn't work if I don't know a quarterback starting. Uh, he was at Auburn a couple years ago. Whatever. It's quarterback New England. Questionable. COVID-19. Like, I can just see him writing that down on uh, an injury report. Okay, bad joke, because I didn't remember the guy's name. Um, <laughs> but I, I maybe... Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you have to take uh, that into consideration and treat it as such, and realize that 
maybe the season is going to be weird because we have to have some games where that comes into effect. I think that will happen. And I heard a conversation talking about kind of the playoff picture. And right, let's say that you know Georgia is in the playoff picture, but they lost a game because their all of their quarterbacks were out because of coronavirus. Yep. Like, how do you consider that in the playoff picture? And I think that will make a very weird season. But I think we just have to embrace weird seasons. And I think when you t- like when we talked about you know, asterisks or, you know, consideration of the, the NBA playoffs. Like you just have to embrace and realize like, this is a really weird year. Hopefully it's just this year and just embrace that It's weird and accept that whatever happens is the best that we were able to do and just roll with it. And I think that's how college football is going to be. Yeah. All right. So. All right. Well, from the college football to that other football. Yeah. We got it. It's back. Casey's corner kick. Marlon, we did it. I uh, yeah. invested in it a bit, and I immediately regretted it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I woke up. Uh, well, I guess I didn't wake up and watch, but I watched on uh, Saturday some Bundesliga football. I decided to pick a team. I was very impressed with, um, well, I guess I should have seen this coming, but I was watching um, Fortuna Dusseldorf, who is one of the teams that I've been talking about that I was going to throw my support behind. They are a borderline uh, relegation team. I think they're currently in the relegation zone, if not the spot above the relegation zone. Um, And they were playing Bruce Dortmund, who's the second best team in in German football. And I was like, okay. They they played them well. It was 0-0. Going down the final seconds or final minutes, excuse me, mm-hmm. they had the better chances. They hit the post once. They had another one go just wide, and uh, Dortmund really wasn't mustering much. Um, and I was like, "This will be a great result for my new team." Nil nil draw. Here we go. We're, we're climbing all the relegation zone. And then in the ninety fifth minute, Eric Holland for. Bruce Dortmund scores a header, a nice little build up play, but whatever. And I'm immediately gutted. I choose this team literally as this game happens, and I'm immediately punished for doing such a thing. And uh, they lose one to zero because obviously I'm not going to score for a 95th minute goal. It was brutal. A gut punch for my new Fortuna Dusseldorf team. Um, that was tough. But Marlo, I am. Revived by the fact that the EPL is coming back this week. Oh. It's back this week. Real, I, I don't want to say real soccer because that seems unfair to the Bundesliga, but a league I am vastly more invested in. Uh, we'll be back, I believe, Wednesday it starts. Do I have it up still? I don't, of course not. Good podcasting by me. Um, and we got a good one Wednesday, or whenever the games resume, whatever day that is, um, with uh, Manchester City versus Arsenal. That'll be a really good uh, kind of top-of-the-table match there. And then uh, Liverpool will be playing Everton on Sunday. And Marlo, I remember there was talk of 
this game being an opportunity for Liverpool to win the title once upon a time. I didn't go back and do the math, but um, this is a, a derby, as they say. It's uh, the two Liverpool teams, Liverpool and Everton. Um, crazy things happen in these rivalry games. Uh, it should be a good one. That will be happening Sunday. I will be tuning in, and we'll be talking about it with you afterwards. I'm excited. It'll be good. It'll be great. Yeah, it's going to be good podcast. I bet. I bet just like all the other ones. <laughs> all, all great podcasts. All great podcasts. All right, that's it. That's, kick. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's all we got. That is it. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, that's uh, yeah. It's gonna do it. It's gonna do it for a podcast. As always, you guys find us on Twitter at one thirty two breeze. Myself at Marlo Jr. Casey is at Prof Badger Fan. And be sure, like, share, subscribe, leave a five-star review. That'd be awesome. Um, that's it for me, Casey. You got any last words? Well, since one of my favorite teams is coming back this week, I will return Ooh. to our old farewell saying. I mean, as always, be safe and well. But our old farewell saying, here we go, Marlo. Until next time, fellow fans, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports. <laughs>